Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Caruso, right wing, jab step, puts up a three. He got it. Willie Caruso stays hot from beyond the arc. Hands off to Wirtz. He fires a corner three. He's got it again. Wirtz bounces into Richards, who feeds Frankish, who does a circus shot off the glass. Count it and the foul. Edie, crossover, step back, left elbow, puts up a two, puts it in. Backdoor Caruso, the one-handed hammer. Willie Caruso brings the crowd to its feet. Welcome, everyone, to episode nine of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, student voice of the Santa Clara Broncos and your source to stay up to date with SCU Athletics all season long. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Believe Podcast website, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you haven't already, please like, rate, and subscribe. Any feedback that you have for the show is greatly appreciated. Okay, so before we get into Santa Clara's games last week against Gonzaga in Portland, give you an update as of today on the WCC standings. Today is Wednesday, January 5th when I'm recording this podcast. WCC action will resume tomorrow. So who is number one in the West Coast Conference? That would be the number two team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They're 23-1 and and 9-0 and in conference play. They beat Santa Clara on the road last Thursday. I'll get to that game in detail in just a little bit. And then they were able to knock off San Francisco Saturday night. Uh, but but they, had, they had a close game. I mean, the final score was 83-79. to 79. San Francisco was winning for large chunks of that game, but the Zags were able to pull it out, so they stay on top of the conference. St. Mary's is second right now, 19-5 overall, 6-3 in the WCC. Right now, Andy Katz has them projected as about a nine seed in the March Madness tournament. be interesting to see if they're going to be able to stay in that discussion because they have not been quite as strong as they have been in the last couple of years, though still uh, possessing a resume that has some pretty quality wins. Then you've got BYU. They're 17-7 and seven, and also 6-3 and three in conference play, actually coming off of a thrilling win Saturday night up in Provo in which they knocked off those St. Mary's Gales 81-79. to 79. T.J. Haas had 23 points in the go-ahead three-point field goal in the final minute of regulation. And then after Gonzaga, St. Mary's, BYU, you've got the five and four teams. And you've got San Francisco, or five and four in conference play, rather. San Francisco at 17 and seven. Pepperdine, 12 and 11. They have the head-to-head win over Santa Clara, who's 18 and six. And then Pacific is 17 and eight. All of those four teams are five and four in West Coast Conference play. And any of them, frankly, could end up with that number four seed in the WCC tournament, which is about a month away, March 5th to 8th in Las Vegas. KSU broadcast team will be there for any and all Santa Clara basketball games. Uh, And then you have the bottom feeders. You have LMU. They're two and seven in conference play. San Diego and Portland, both one and eight apiece. Portland had that nice start earlier this year, but since then has really tailed off and is starting to look a lot more like what we saw from them a year ago. 
and I'll get to the Santa Clara Portland game after I talk about the Gonzaga game last Thursday. Uh, and then to wrap up the show, I'll give you a little preview of Santa Clara's rematch with Pepperdine this week, game that takes place tomorrow night. So the Gonzaga game was obviously a great environment in the Levy Center and Two weeks before that game, Santa Clara was down 36 at the half, and they ended up losing by 50, and the game was never even close. And really, that had been the story the last three times Santa Clara had played Gonzaga. They lost the last three games, you know, one this year and two last year, by an average of 50 points a game. So this has not been a particularly close matchup. In that game two weeks uh, prior, they shot 27% from the floor in the first half on their way to just 22 points, and nothing was working. They weren't making shots, but you know when I talked to Jalen Williams about it, he said that they felt good about coming back home and that they didn't play as poorly as the score reflected at times up in Spokane and that they just weren't making open shots, and that proved to be true because this game against Gonzaga was the best Santa Clara has played in a couple years, probably since... Three years ago, when Jared Brownridge, uh, not single-handedly, but he had, I believe, 36 points, and they they took Gonzaga kind of down to the wire, uh, or at least stayed within striking distance uh, in the WCC semifinals. That was the last time Santa Clara's really played Gonzaga tight, and this year, you know, they, they have the big loss, but then this was such a great bounce-back performance. Now, they ended up losing the game 87-72, to 72, but the final margin does not reflect how close of a game this really was because for most of the game, it was a single-digit point differential. Santa Clara did not have a lead, but they were never out of it, and it was really great to see. And one thing that we've seen in the last couple games against Gonzaga for the Broncos is they get run out of the gym early. And that was not the case. And that was the biggest thing that we highlighted on our KSU broadcast that they needed to do was they had to control the first few minutes of the game. And they did that really well with some nice defensive stops, but also at the offensive end, Taj Edie came off the bench and gave Santa Clara a great spark. Edie down the left side, gliding to the bucket, and he kisses it off the glass. Tajidi has got eight points, and it's 24 to 18. Gonzaga's lead is cut to six as we approach the eight-minute mark in the first half. Tajidi knocked down a three. He was driving to the bucket. He had eight first-half points. That was part of the reason Santa Clara was able to hang around, but they had other strong offensive performances as well. DJ Mitchell had a good game. Jaden Bediaco ended the game with eight points. He had a couple of really nice post moves in the first and in the second half, some of which were pretty timely. But really the reason Gonzaga was able to win this game, it ended up being a 15-point margin. Like I said, the game was much closer than that for basically the entire time. But their big men, Drew Timmy and Philip Petrushev, who were playing extended minutes when Killian Tilly went down with a knee injury in the first half, which was a really, really... Uh, bad sight to see. He he limped off the court without putting any weight on that leg. He didn't return, and it, it was it was a tough start for Gonzaga, obviously, and that put the freshman Drew Timmy into a bigger playing role. But you got to give him credit; he responded. He played very well and was effective inside. 
Kispert curls off, lobs to Timmy. He comes down with it, waits for traffic to clear and lays it in. And Gonzaga has matched its largest lead of the game, 13-8, to with 12.30 to go in the first half. And that really was a consistent source of offense for Gonzaga were those duck-in passes to Timmy and Petrushev and just letting them go one-on-one with guys like Josip Frankic, DJ Mitchell, and Jaden Bediako. And it was certainly another game where Santa Clara would love to have had their starting center, Willie Caruso. Now, Jaden Bediako, the freshman who I've talked about on this podcast a lot, has really done an excellent job as a true freshman, stepping into that starting role and giving Santa Clara quality minutes. He rebounds pretty well. He is excellent at blocking shots and scoring from the low block. He's got a really nice touch around the rim. There's a lot to like there, but Willie Caruso is the more experienced player, and he was the starter for a reason. I think particularly at the defensive end, Jaden Bediako played just 16 minutes in this game, 16 very strong minutes. He did pick up four personal fouls, That's something we've seen him battle with this year, as most true freshmen do. And I think that the ability of Timmy and Petrushev to really establish themselves inside was once again highlighting the the way in which Santa Clara is missing Willie Caruso, their starting center. And Petrushev ended this game with 31 points and 9 rebounds on 14 of 18 shooting. He was really just having his way, and he's one of the best players in the country, so you can't you know, fault Santa Clara for not being able to match up better, but you you would have liked to maybe had another big body to throw at him down there in Caruso, but he's still out indefinitely with that foot injury that he suffered against Alcorn State back on December 29th. But Santa Clara, outside of defending the paint against a very talented Gonzaga front court, boy, the defense really, really played well. And Jalen Williams was leading the charge a guy who I interviewed on the podcast for last week. His defense continues to be so impressive. This was arguably his best game. He had 12 points, but he had five steals at the defensive end, and that was a big reason why Santa Clara actually ended up winning the turnover battle in this game, 14-11, to 11, which is something they have struggled with not just this year, but in recent years quite a bit as they've had you know, the the opportunity to build a young team. There have been some growing pains, and I think turnovers have been one of the areas that they've struggled with the most. But in this game, they win the battle against Gonzaga of all teams. And that defense on the perimeter by Jalen Williams, who had an emphatic dunk in the second half as well and showcased his athleticism, athleticism, it was really great to see that that unit come together and and Jalen Williams certainly is their defensive leader and so all of this led to a 40 to 36 deficit at half and there was a moment in the first half when it got to a one-point game this was probably the loudest that that arena got all night chance to cut into the four-point deficit works a right wing three nothing but nylon one-point game timeout Gonzaga That shot came with about uh, two and a half minutes left in the first half, and the the place was absolutely on fire. I mean, the environment was incredible. The players were into it. The fans were into it, and Gonzaga ended up responding with a bucket, which is something they did time and time again, but also Santa Clara had a lot of success doing was answering Gonzaga clutch shots, and when it seemed like Gonzaga was going to pull away and went back on January 16th, The Bulldogs did pull away. Santa Clara just didn't let them. And, you know, it was really great to see that that refusal to quit 
And in that fight, it just kept coming over and over again, and they kept getting the crowd back into it. And uh, the Rough Riders, as we call them here at Santa Clara University, were really fantastic. Now, in the second half to begin, Gonzaga came out. You know, they only have the four-point lead. They were favored, I think, to win the game by 16.5 points. So this is certainly not where they had expected to be. And they start the second half on a 5-0 run and instantly get their lead up to nine. And it happened in the blink of an eye. Santa Clara turned it over. Gonzaga had an and one. Gonz- or Santa Clara missed a shot. And then Gonzaga was able to score at the other end. And just like that, it was a nine-point lead in about 60 seconds of action. But then we saw a couple of, of Broncos really make critical plays at moments where it felt like the game could have gotten away, and one of those was from Jaden Bediaco. Frankich lobs to Bediaco, hooks around, up with the right hand, kisses it off the glass. Jaden Bediaco has got eight points. It's 45-38 to 38 with just over a minute gone by in the second half. The Gonzaga lead is trimmed to seven. Those were the first points of the second half for Santa Clara and gave the crowd a little sensation of, okay, we're still here, we're still in the game. It's it's not a seven-point game, and so that was a really big bucket from the freshman, and he was just not intimidated. He'd get the ball down in the block right around the basket, and he's going up against Philip Petrushev, one of the best big men in the country, someone you'll be able to see on national television in just over a month's time during the March Madness tournament. And Jaden Bediaco was not intimidated. And you just love to see that from a true freshman. As a guy stepping into a big moment, team is trying to snap a 20-game losing streak to the Bulldogs. And he he just wasn't afraid. And he really is skilled down low. I mean, he's a big guy, 6'11", 240. But his touch is really, really soft around the basket. And he he really does look to be a promising player for Herb Sendek and the Santa Clara coaching staff. Now, another guy who I've been singing the praises of on this podcast today, rightfully so, has been Jalen Williams. And he was so good at the defensive end. He brings it every single week. His offense was great. And he hit this three, one possession after the Bediaco bucket. Santa Clara got a stop at one end, and this got it back to a four-point game and really brought the crowd to life. Bobs of Rankich on the right wing. Back to Justice. Ball whips around. Jalen Williams, far corner three. Book it. Forty-five to forty-one is the score. The Gonzaga lead is down to four with just about two minutes gone by here in the second half. That was one of the louder moments in the Levy Center, of which there were plenty. Whether it was when the Bulldogs were shooting free throws or when Santa Clara would hit a big shot, the student section was awesome, man. It, it was really as good of an environment as you can find in in the West Coast Conference, and that's what you want. That's what you need when the number two team in the country comes to town. If you're going to pull off that upset, you have to have the fans behind you. And you you can tell the way that the players are able to feed off of the energy from that crowd and inspires them to make hustle plays and and go after loose balls and stuff, particularly at the defensive end. It's really just fun to see. And I know that, you know, the coaches and the administrators love to see that from the Santa Clara students as well. And as a broadcaster, it certainly makes it a lot more fun when the students are are so behind the players like that. It's, It's just an awesome place to be. So Gonzaga responded with some buckets of their own. They were finding a lot of success in the paint. They didn't shoot it well from beyond the arc. They held them. Santa Clara held Gonzaga to 20% shooting from beyond the arc. That's well below their season average. And 
most of Gonzaga's offense came with guards driving into the paint or Philip Petrushev just barreling his way inside. And there was, I think, three or four moments between the 18-minute mark and the 10-minute mark where it looked like Gonzaga was finally going to go on a run. At one point, they got the lead up to 15, but then Santa Clara came right back and got it into single digits, and it was a ball game again and forced Gonzaga to call a timeout. And there were a couple of big shots, but one of them came from Josip Frankic, who struggled at the start of this game, but then ended with a double-double, 15 points and 12 rebounds to go with five assists. He was guarding Petrushev for a lot of the night. Uh, there were a couple tough calls that didn't go Santa Clara's way. Frankic was... Uh, the unfortunate recipient of of one or two of those, particularly one block he had off the backboard uh, that, that was perfectly played, but he, he was called for the foul. But, you know, he got off to a one of seven start from the floor, but wasn't deterred. He kept fighting, kept attacking, and then he hit this big three in the second half that really got Santa Clara back into the game when it looked like they might have been starting to get pushed away. Rebound, Santa Clara. They're down by 12, 8-10 to go here from the Levy Center. Wirtz, an in-and-out dribble to the right block, kick out Frankich, left wing three. You bet. And that's just the kind of game it was. Santa Clara just kept answering, and they they battled and they fought for as long as they could, and then ultimately ended up losing 87 to 72. Free throws contributed to that final score. Definitely the best effort against Gonzaga that that Santa Clara has had in terms of putting together a complete game. I mean, they played well from the opening tip. They shot it well from the floor. They got defensive stops when they needed to. They were smart. They didn't turn the ball over. It was really just a great all-around game for Santa Clara to be able to put together. Unfortunately, when you're playing the number two team in the country, you have to be even better than great in order to win. But that's why Gonzaga is who they are. So Santa Clara loses that game, falls back to 4-4 four and four in West Coast Conference play, and then they travel on the road to Portland, where early in the year they they were struggling on the road. I think they've started to find their groove a little bit. You know, the last time they were on the road was the Saturday before Gonzaga against San Diego. That was a convincing victory. And then they went up to Portland, you know, coming off of uh, the best loss of the year, certainly, against Gonzaga. And they just punched him in the mouth. I mean, really, from the get-go, it was it was a convincing victory for Santa Clara. 85-62 to 62 was the final margin, which put them back over 500 in West Coast Conference, playing 18-6 and six on the year. This is now the most wins Herb Sendek has had in a season during his tenure at Santa Clara. And there's, of course, quite a ways to go. But in this Portland game, it was just another great bounce-back performance from Santa Clara. All six losses this year have been followed by a win. All six of them. They have not lost two straight games this year. And I think that is a testament to the coaching staff and also the leadership on this team from guys like Josip Frankich and the ability for the Broncos to be resilient and, and, you know, put the loss behind them and focus on the next game. And they played really well against Portland. Keyshawn Justice had a phenomenal game. He'd been a little bit sluggish from the floor over the last few after getting off to a hot start in conference play against San Diego, but he went up to Portland and he was just lighting it up like we know he can. He finished the game with 17 points. He was five of seven 
uh, or five of six rather from beyond the arc and six of seven from the floor. I, I mean, <laughs> he was just catching the ball, shooting anytime he's open. Uh, credit Trey Words, who had 11 points to go with nine assists and just one turnover in this game for getting him some open looks. But Keyshawn Justice was knocking down everything that he was looking at. And that's really great to see because he is another guy on the Santa Clara team that goes really seven or eight deep for guys who can get you a bucket whenever you want. He is another guy who can really score in bunches, and we saw that Saturday night up in Portland. And I think another great trend is that against the Pilots, Santa Clara had 19 assists on 31 made field goals. That's a great ratio, a great, great ratio. And there were a couple of conference games, particularly earlier in uh, in the conference slate where Santa Clara would, would have under 10 assists a game. And they have really stepped it up. And the ball movement has been sharper. It's been crisper. They're making the extra pass. And, and guys are still staying aggressive to knock down open shots. Uh, Jaden Bediaco also had 13 points and nine rebounds up against Portland. And then DJ Mitchell and Taj Edie had 12 points each coming off the bench and you know they were two guys who were coming into the year thinking they're going to start they still play significant roles in every game but they have really been excellent off the bench and against Gonzaga our sideline reporter Caitlin Parcell reported on that very trend. Uh, DJ Mitchell and Tajidi two players that at the beginning of the season were starters are now coming off the bench for the Broncos and don't let this tell you anything other than the fact that the Broncos are really deep this year to have two players of their caliber coming off the bench and helping as much as they have is just such a benefit to the Broncos. Mitchell against St. Mary's in that huge win played for 30 minutes and had 16 points and Edie has been really great too putting up good numbers against Pacific and Pepperdine and tonight they're really showing out for the Broncos. Mitchell has 10 points, Edie has 8 and if the Broncos want to keep this game close they're going to really have to keep it up. That is the third member of our KSU broadcast team, Caitlin Parcell. You hear myself and Alex Stewart plenty, I'm sure, but she does really, really excellent work. We always love having her because it, it enhances our broadcasts so much. But uh, so Santa Clara gets the win against Portland, 85 to 62. Now, upcoming this week on Thursday, they will play Pepperdine in a game that uh, is massive in terms of seeding implications in the West Coast Conference tournament. That game is tomorrow night, today being Wednesday, tomorrow being Thursday, and then Santa Clara is off on Saturday before returning to the Levy Center next Thursday against San Francisco. We'll have that one for you on KSCU. But quick preview of the Pepperdine game tomorrow night. Uh, earlier in the year, Santa Clara lost to Pepperdine 90-86 to in overtime, snapping a 17-game home win streak. And Jalen Williams told me after that, that game, when they went down to San Diego, they were playing pretty pissed off. And, you know, they, they place a tremendous amount of value on defending their home court. And that was one they feel like they could have and should have had, but they bounced back against San Diego. And I think that they're going to have that same type of edge, that same type of energy when they go down to Pepperdine tomorrow night. And the number one thing they have to do better than they did a couple weeks ago against the Waves is defend the three. Pepperdine was 7 of 12 from beyond the arc in the first half alone. Santa Clara finished the game 9 of 31 from three. So that's definitely the number one area where I think the scales can tip in Santa Clara's favor. It's certainly a game that I think they can and should win. And 
I think they, I think they will, because I think they're going to be playing with that attitude of, you know what, these are the guys that lost our home winning streak. And that's a big time game in terms of seating in the West coast conference. I I think they'll play well. Josip Frankich last time out against Pepperdine had a career high 33 points. I think the offense needs to start with him for two reasons. One, the waves showed that without a real big on the floor, they just don't have anyone that can consistently stop Josip Frankich. Number two, Josip Frankich is an excellent passer. I mean, he is averaging a career high in assists, almost four a game, second on the team only to Trey Wirtz. He had five assists against Gonzaga, and we have seen him become an excellent facilitator. And so I think that you start the offense there, and then if they start to double him, he passes out of it, and you get open looks for guys like Trey Wirtz, Tajidi, DJ Mitchell, and Keyshawn Justice and and anyone else who who's having a good game because as we've seen it can really be anyone for the Santa Clara team so it's a big game in the West Coast Conference for Santa Clara and they have a chance to you know really make a strong push for that fourth seed in the conference it looks like as usual Gonzaga St. Mary's and BYU are going to be the top three and the battle for that fourth seed is really, really wide open. The Pepperdine game and, frankly, the, the San Francisco and Pacific games, which still have yet to be played for Santa Clara, are all going to be absolutely huge in determining who ultimately ends up getting that number four seed. That is going to do it for today's episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports podcast. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already and tune in to the next episode, that'll be next week, to get updates on all things Santa Clara and WCC basketball right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast platform for professionals. You can also follow me on Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or on Instagram at smalls underscore five to keep up with all of the sports broadcasts happening on KSCU. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm Spencer McLaughlin signing off for this week, saying so long and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.